I tell the early service that uh, going through the book of Romans has been a spiritual journey for me. It's helped me. It's, it's strengthened me, and I hope that uh, it's helped you as well. And this morning we're going to sew up the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, not looking at all the verses, but looking at a key set, reminding you of the verse we looked at last week, Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 uh, is one of the greatest promises in all the Bible. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And the last thing I told you about this promise, that it is guaranteed by God's purpose. Guaranteed is the title of the message today. And as we think about <clears throat> this verse and how it is that God can take all things and work them to good, uh, the question we want to know is how? How can this be so? How is this possible that God could do this? Well, the very next verses will explain that, uh, but we wonder how can God do that when all things aren't good all the time, uh, when not even I am good? What is it that's going to ensure this is going to take place? Well, look at verses, chapter 8, verses 29 and 30, and those are going to be our verses for today, chapter 8, 29 and 30. Paul says, we know that God causes all things to work together good uh, for those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Here's why. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he, that's Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Now today we're going to take one of the most complicated passages of Scripture in the New Testament, arguably it is, and I'm going to try to simplify it with an illustration. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the life of Peter. We're going to take Peter and what Jesus said to Peter in a circumstance of his life, and we're going to look at this passage of Scripture in that light. And I'm going to tell you, that you can take this story of Peter's life and put it in this passage of Scripture, or you can take this passage of Scripture and place it over Peter's life, and you'll see the map of how it connects. And it's going to be, I hope, amazing to you. I hope when we finish you're going to say, I've never seen that before. I rejoice in seeing that. I'm excited to see that, this spiritual truth. So, as you know, Peter was not very stable. Uh, he was prone to highs and lows, just like you and me. His commitments were huge, but so were his failures. Yet there was one grand consistency in the life of Peter, and that grand consistency was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, if you'll notice on the screen, we have the first point, and we're talking about God's advanced knowledge. Now, the word foreknew means advanced knowledge. Would you say that Jesus had advanced knowledge of Peter's life? Did he know what was coming in Peter's life? Well, in fact, he did. He predicted Peter's failure, how it would come, when it would come, and he also, looking later at a later point in the Gospel of John, predicted the end of Peter's life and what Peter's life would be like 
in his last days. But as he also predicted Peter's failure, he predicted Peter's restoration. He said, Peter, you're going to fail, but you're going to be restored. On what basis did Jesus predict Peter's restoration? Well, the answer to that one question is going to be the key to understanding everything that we're reading in this section of Romans. In Peter's case, there was clearly our Lord's advanced knowledge. He foreknew this. He foreknew his failure. He foreknew his restoration. But there's more revealed here than just our Lord's advanced knowledge of what was coming in Peter's life and how he would respond. In Peter's case, there was the overruling hand of providence in Peter's life that was guaranteeing the outcome. That's no less than what we considered last week in relation to the things that come into our lives. Only last week we talked about the sufferings of the present time as, as things that are beyond our control. There are things that appear to us to be bad, and, and from our perspective there are experiences of grief and trauma and tragedy, but those things also are foreknown in our Lord's advanced knowledge of our lives. For God to be God, this has to be true. He's all-knowing. Therefore, he, know, he knows all things about me. He has advanced knowledge of my decisions and my disasters, those that are within my control and those that are beyond my control. But not only so, he also has advanced knowledge of my destiny. Now, I'm basing this uh, not only on the passage at hand, but on our Lord's own conversation with Peter about what he knew would happen to him, a failure that would be a complete surprise to Peter. Remember, Peter said, Lord, if everybody leaves you, if everybody forsakes you, I will never do that. I'm willing to die with you. But Peter's failure was no surprise to Jesus. And not only the fact of the failure, but the guaranteed outcome, a restoration, and then the insight into what would happen in Peter's life at the end of his life. So there should be no question in your mind the fact, the fact that Jesus had advanced knowledge in Peter's, about Peter's life and journey, but not only about Peter's life and journey, but about your life and journey. What's going to be helpful to us here is, again, seeing what it was that guaranteed that Peter's journey would turn out the way it did. Now, we could mark that down as a matter of chance. So let's just say that there's somebody in here who's got a pretty good guess, guess, guesser, and every time I flip a coin, they, they can guess, well, you flip the coin, this time it's going to land on heads, and the next time it's going to land on tails, and they, and they just happen to guess it. This is not randomness here. I raise this issue because it follows the flow of what Paul tells us here in the book of Romans. He tells us that all things work together for good in the lives of a specific group of people, in the lives of those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. And then he tells us why. It is because of God's advanced knowledge. He foreknows the events of our lives. His overruling hand of providence guarantees the eventual outcome, it is not random nor coincidental. So, replacing these words in Romans 8, 29 and 30, over the life of Peter, over one incident in the life of Peter, where our Lord had clearly advanced knowledge. But, the second point that we need to see is also our Lord's advanced activity, 
our Lord's advanced activity, and this is number two. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Now notice the timing of the, of the situation. He says, Satan has desired to have you. It hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. But Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. He's telling Peter this at this moment in time. He's telling him what's going to happen in a few hours or a few days, however long it was. And he's telling him in advance of this moment and that moment that he has prayed for him. In Peter's life, the overruling hand of providence is guaranteeing the outcome. Now, I don't want to oversimplify one of the most controversial words in Christian theology, but in the context of these verses, when Paul says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. This says nothing less than what we've been saying in the life of Peter, whose life and decisions and faults and failures and future were foreknown by the Lord Jesus. And in his life, there was also an overruling hand of providence guaranteeing the outcome. Now, I want to ask you, is the same thing true about your life? What did we say about the sufferings of the present time? We said that in reference to the sufferings of the present time, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. Now consider Peter. Left to himself, where would he have been? Let's go back to the incident on the Sea of Galilee when Peter, in the storm, saw Jesus coming and walking on the water. And, and, and Jesus, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And Peter gets out and begins to walk on the water. And what happens to Peter? Peter sinks. Where would Peter have been without Jesus? He would have sunk. He would have been history. It would have been over. But Jesus was there ensuring that Peter would be okay. It was our Lord's activity in Peter's life that ensured he would be okay. Did Jesus know what would happen in advance of that storm? Yes. Did Jesus know Peter would sink? So when Peter was facing being sifted by the devil, whose activity guaranteed the outcome? Whose activity guaranteed the safety and the restoration of Peter after his failure? It was the activity of the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't finished yet. Does Jesus know your faults and your failures and your future? Left to yourself, what will happen to you? But the God who has promised that all things work together for good to those who love him and called according to his purpose has also foreknown your existence, your decisions, the good and the bad, and has in his own advanced activity predestined that you be conformed to the image of his son and his advanced activity guarantees the outcome. That's why as Baptists, we believe in the eternal security of the believer because we believe it doesn't depend on me, it depends on God and his activity and his work in my life. The work that he said, as Paul did in Philippians, he who began a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now the first words in this list, uh, we have a little bit of order because they seem to jump ahead 
of the natural order of how we think. So he says, first, he says, he, those whom he foreknew, he had advanced knowledge. It means more than that, but it says that in its simplest form, advanced knowledge. Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That's the Lord's advanced activity. He's doing something in advance, deciding something in advance in regard to your life. But then we see this third thing, and that is our Lord's advanced planning. Our Lord's advanced planning. He says those whom he uh, foreknew, he also predestined, and those he predestined, he also called. This is his advanced planning that dips down into time. Now, simply to explain that, as I did earlier, let's say that, and I used Doug as an example earlier. Doug always moves on me in the early service. He's over here, and in 11 o'clock, so I'm getting used to that, so I know where to look for you. Let's say I'm going to call Doug. Let's say I'm going to schedule on my calendar. I'm calling Doug at 4 o'clock on Wednesday to remind him that we're having prayer meeting on Wednesday. So I've got that scheduled on my calendar to do. I decide in advance that I'm going to call Doug. But I don't make that call until 4 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. But I have planned in advance to call him. This is the picture you see here in the scripture. As the Lord plans in advance, he schedules on the calendar of your life. He foreknows you, predestines, and schedules on the calendar of your life a moment when he's going to call you. And, and, and when that moment comes, he speaks to your heart. You experience him speaking to your heart. You recognize that God is calling you. You, you, you sense being pulled to the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you see the cross and you understand the cross. You understand that he died for you and that he loves you and suddenly you're compelled to step out into the aisle and make a decision for Christ or to kneel down by your bedside one night and to, and to give your heart to Christ. That is a moment that God scheduled on the calendar of your life. That is his advanced planning, dipping down into your time. What about your answer? It was also foreknown. That is exactly what this passage says, that your, your future is secured and by God's advanced activity. Notice the verses again. What does it say? It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, that's Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Now, what's important for you to see is that all of those things are accomplished in ways that we don't understand at the moment of his knowing. The first word is he foreknew, his advanced knowledge. When was the moment of his knowing? He foreknew you. He predestined he called, you realize that when he calls you, but he planned it before. When was the moment of his knowing? Well, let me take you a step deeper into the mind and heart of God. Two or three passages of scripture. First, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Peter wrote of the Lord Jesus himself, For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he has appeared in these last times for you. That's 1 Peter 1.20. 
Then in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Paul wrote, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us to adoption as sons according to the kind intention of his will. Well, when did all this happen? Well, according to Paul and Peter, it happened before the foundation of the world. You say, well, that's Paul and Peter. What does Jesus say? Well, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 24. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And in the book of Revelation, we read that those whose names are written in the book of life in Revelation chapter 17, verse 18, have been written there from the foundation of the world. What does all this mean? It means that you, if you are a child of God, you are so by God's advanced activity. That advanced activity predates any awareness of your own about His interest in you or His love for you. We know this. We know this already, but we're just putting it together. We know this is true. He loved us before the foundation of the world. That's why He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because He knew we'd need a Savior. And He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And then... Is that activity dipped down into time? It may be dipping down into time in this service today so that God is speaking to someone's heart. He's chosen this day in the month of November 2022 to call you. So we need to look now at that next word, and that is those he called, he also justified. Now, this is God's this is God's plan of salvation, justified. This is his plan of salvation, his grace in advance. And this is number four. God did all of this, think of this, knowing what you would be when he called you. He, he knew the impact sin would have on every single individual. He knew in advance, he knew in advance all of your faults, and all of your failures, and all of my faults, and all of my failures, even the ones we don't know about yet, or are yet to experience, and knowing it all, knowing the full extent of your personal sinfulness and mine, he determined before the foundation of the world to justify you. Now, Romans chapter 3, verse 24, Paul said, we are justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus. In Romans 5, 9, Paul said, we are justified by his blood. In Romans 3, 28, Paul said, a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. In Romans 5, 1, Paul said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God saw all of this happen before the foundation of the world. His advanced knowledge and his advanced planning made it happen, ensured it would happen, and secured it into reality. Now, we began our discussion talking about Peter, about Jesus' advanced knowledge of Peter and ensuring that Peter's faith didn't fail, and we said it didn't fail because of our Lord's activity. Now, 
All of these words, what you need to know before we look at number five, the last one, is that all of these words are written in the aorist tense in Greek. That doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm going to explain it. The aorist tense means it's an action that is completed in the past. It's finished. But its impact continues into the future. And so foreknown, he foreknew, it's done. He predestined, it's done. He called, it's done. Even before it happened in the mind of God, in the mind, as far as God's mind and heart, it was done. Justified, done. Finished. Look at that last word. The last word is glorified. What is this word glorified? Well, for, for glorification is what happens to us in the future. It's the end result. It's the, it's, the, it's the outcome of our salvation. It's the redemption, the resurrection of the body. It's seeing his face. It's knowing as we are known. It's the believer in heaven sharing the glory of God. This is God's advance guarantee. God's advance guarantee. It's done. Uh, Paul's list is, is in a, each, each of these things is an accomplished fact. Now, what ensures this is going to happen? What ensures this is going to happen in your life? This advance guarantee that it's going to happen, that there's no way around it, that it is God's activity altogether. Yes, your response in faith, which also God foreknew. But what guarantees that it's going to get me to the end? Okay, that is, as God sees it, all things are going to work together for good in my life. My salvation is secure. What ensures this? Well, I'm going to make a sandwich for you. Paul's already made it. You just haven't seen it yet. As I told people this morning, if you have peanut butter and jelly, it doesn't make a good sandwich. If there's no bread on either side of it, it's sort of squishy. So we're going to, we're going to understand this when we, put the, when we put the sandwich together. And what's in the middle of the sandwich is Romans 8, 28 through 30. All things work together for good because he foreknew, he predestined, he called, he justified, he glorified. What made it work out in Peter's life. Here's our Lord foreknowing Peter. Peter, you're going to fail. You're going to fail miserably. You're going to disappoint me, and you're going to disappoint yourself. Satan is, is in this, and he's going to cause this in your life. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. That's the rest of what he told Peter. In other words, the overruling hand of providence in Peter's life, what was the overruling hand of providence? It was the intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus saying, I have prayed for you. I have interceded for you. I know the outcome. Please look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according 
to the will of God according to his purpose. And Job said, no purpose of his can be altered. Who is praying for you? Who's praying for me? Now, that's the first piece of bread on the sandwich. The other piece of bread on the sandwich comes immediately after these verses. Look at verse 33 and 34. Paul says, Who will bring any charge against God's, those God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? No one. No one. Jesus Christ died. More than that, He was raised to, to life. He is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Jesus told Peter, I have prayed for you. He's telling you, I have prayed for you. I am praying for you that your faith fail not. The overruling hand of providence is at work in your life, has been at work in your life to bring you to whatever point it was that you came to, that you said yes to Jesus. Bringing perhaps even someone in this service today to the point where you say, I see it all. I see the love of God. I see the cross. I hear Him calling me. A moment scheduled before the foundation of the world onto the calendar of your life. That's God's activity. And only God can bring it to pass through the same way He brought Peter through. And that was through the intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, Peter would have been not even on the pages of our Bible. We never would have heard from him. But God made it so. And he can make it so in your life. He can take you from here to eternity and get you there safely. He is the only one who can. Let's pray.